0: everybody. Thank you for coming and joining me on the Enzoo podcast. I hope you are well. Thank you for everybody who got in contact and said last week how much you enjoyed the podcast with Isaac. It was an absolute pleasure having him on and I know that a lot of you took some real Key takeaways from it. So I'm glad I want to keep hearing from you. I want to know what your key takeaways are from these podcasts. So don't hesitate to get in contact with me and let me know. If you want to know where to find me, well, you can come over to my website, www.mcrealestate.co.uk, or come to Facebook, the Property Investment Mastery Facebook group, or you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Natasha C. Collins. I'll put all the links below. So today's podcast, what am I going to be talking about? Well, actually, I've got a whole list of things because it's a bit of a mishmash. I was going to have the subject, the property deals I've been analysing recently. And then all of a sudden, 24 hours ago, I was like, "Hmm, Natasha, what have you been analysing recently? And so I was kind of trying to backtrack on it and then what happened? Um, I was going through all of the auction catalogs in the UK and just having a look at what goes on. I don't know about you, but I absolutely love an auction catalogue. I like going through it online, seeing how much things have sold for, what's still on the market. And it just so happened that earlier this week, so the week that I'm recording this, um, Allsop's had a commercial auction. And the first thing that completely caught my eye was the fact that a retail unit in uh, Kirkcaldy in Scotland sold for £310,000. So it's not just a retail unit. It was a retail shopping centre with an initial yield after the sale price of £310,000 of 50.29%. That is huge. And I think the key takeaway from that is the fact that there obviously weren't that many buyers looking at that deal. And so there was nobody really bidding on it. Although afterwards the auction house said that there was a hundred people interested in it. Um, But it shows kind of the sentiment around retail at the moment, but 15.29% initial yield means that it pays for itself after two years. So I'm not sure why you wouldn't continue bidding that up. But anyway, person that bought it, fantastic. You got yourself a deal. So that then led me to have a look through the rest of the catalogue. And I was really surprised at how much didn't sell. And for me, I'm always interested in commercial just to see how much prices are in certain areas, what's available on the market. It seems through looking at this auction catalogue that there was quite a lot of small, piddly little units that were kind of in the middle of high streets or they're in strange locations. And probably big investors really couldn't be bothered to pick it up. It wouldn't make any sense whatsoever to be in their property portfolio. And for the smaller players, well, they'd be looking at this and thinking, hmm, should I actually be picking it up? Um, I don't, I did, was actually debating about whether I should talk about this on the podcast, because i Uh, just as a little side note and a disclaimer, I cannot advise any non-paying client on what to buy because I am not insured. So I thought I'd talk through something that I thought was really interesting. And the reason I'm hesitant, number one, is because I don't want to um, be influencing you in what to buy. Number two uh, maybe I want to buy this myself, so <laughs> I was thinking about whether to whether to uh, talk about it. But hey, I was looking through the auction catalogue, and one thing that um, one thing that I did see was a lot in Ipswich that were the price that they've got on it is one hundred and eighty thousand pounds, and the unit is let to Coral, which is a betting shop, and they um, they've got a thirteen thousand pounds per annum. Rent and I was looking at um what mortgage I could get on that versus the rental income. Um, the 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 flat above is also let to Coral and they sublet it out, which is absolutely fine. It's a full repairing and insuring lease up until around twenty twenty seven, which means for me it would probably be quite a hands off investment. You would buy it and you would leave Coral alone to do their thing, and you might be thinking, Natasha, do you really want a betting shop? Well, they're really good covenants. They are quite good covenants. They have a lot of money coming in, which means that they can afford the rent. There's a rent review in 2021, where the rent rises to a minimum of £14,708.31. pence. Actually, for me, it's quite a good deal because after the mortgage, I'd be making Seven hundred and fifty to eight hundred pounds per calendar month net rent. So that then le- led me to start looking at other um, units that didn't sell in this auction catalogue. And there's some there's some NHS properties in here which have got doctor surgeries in them where the doctor surgeries are going to be paying rent for the next ten years. Mm, for me, that looks like quite an interesting investment. Again, the NHS are quite um, a good tenant of course, with all of this, you have to do your due diligence. I'm literally just looking at it from a desktop point of view. Um, but quite frankly, there are some really, really interesting little units that for me as a smaller time investor would be happy to pick up. And um, and, and also, it's time for me to start looking again. I've been talking about this for ages, but uh, obviously our property in London is currently going through. I'm going to touch wood here because I don't want it to fall over, which is why I've not been talking about it in great deal. Really, we've got to see this through to the end and know that the money's in our bank account before I line up anything else. But now is the time for me to start looking to the future and seeing what else I can buy. Commercial is interesting to me right now because it seems to be a lot cheaper than it ever has been. And that's because of um, the climate around Brexit making people feel uncertain. A lot of people claim that they don't know anything about commercials. So why would they go and invest in it? So there's a lot of that hesitation, which for me is quite a good thing because it means that I can jump on the the bandwagon after these properties have gone through auction um, and then You know, see if I can pick it up afterwards. Of course, I'm not in the country right now to go to the auction live. Doesn't mean that I couldn't be a telephone bidder, but I quite like picking up a bargain afterwards. So, yeah. I thought I wasn't analysing any deals and I just did. (laughs) So (laughs) I've changed my tune, but I am waiting for the money to come through from this flat. I've actually got money in equity in some other of my properties. I am a bit hesitant to remortgage this side of Brexit, I must admit. Um, And the reason that I'm hesitant is just because I know how nervy banks are and I don't want to be... um, increasing my loan to value to get a really high mortgage product on my, um, on my properties. And maybe the mortgage pro- product will take a while to go through, then the banks pull it, you know, it seems to be a bit of a minefield out there. I've had a lot of people come to me recently and say, my mortgage product hasn't gone through, I have to go and find someone else. I'm really not in the mood right now. um to deal with that in the slightest. So um, for good or for bad, I'm going to be waiting a couple of weeks before I even look at remortgaging my property portfolio. As I've said before, it's on quite a good um leverage at the moment. I'm um 60% loan to value, which for me is really, really good. And I've been trying to pay that down not that that's the biggest concern for me, um, but I do have some of my properties on repayment mortgages just to get that loan down. Not all of them, some of them are interest only. And then I'm it kind of in my mind is me thinking, well, do I want to take that money back out, or is it better you let me pay off some of my properties? And even for me as a property investor and I advise on the strategy. I am going to wait a little bit. I've got a property selling at the moment. It means that I've got time on my side. I can now have a look through the market um, and I can pick a property that's right for me. And hey, if the market drops in the UK, which potentially it will over the next couple of months, I hope to pick up a bargain and rise on that. So I'm not worried about anything. I'm just biding my time and I'm in the fortunate position where I could do that. The other thing is this, that I, you know, that I invest in Bath. I've been watching prices in Bath drop. I really have every day. I get more emails from agents saying, we've, we've reduced the price of this property. We've reduced the price of this property. I'm thinking, hmm, how much lower can they go? You all know that I like to pick up property in Bath and that's what I'm looking to do right now. It will probably be a house rather than a flat, although if a really good bargain flat comes on the market, I will pick it up. They do tend to hold their their value, uh, especially if you can buy it at the right price. So I've not really been doing too many deal analysis. I'm just watching the prices come down, come down, come down. And then at that point, I'll pick up a deal because I know I'll have the money in, in the bank. So as I said, I'm not rushing with anything. Um, and that was why I was a bit hesitant to put out a podcast that was called The Property Deals I've Been Analyzing Recently, <laughs> because I haven't. Um, but interestingly enough, I do have my eye on the market. As you all know, I always have my eye on the market. And I am going to continue keeping my eye out on the the auctions, because I think it's interesting that there are so many deals left on the table after this auction that happened. i I don't know why I wasn't in the room at the time it might not it might be that there wasn't any uh, buyers who were interested but it seems strange and probably is a reflection of how investors are feeling about the market at the moment I'll continue I'll continue monitoring it watch this space I want to let you into a secret the members club is opening again soon here's a sneak peek of what you can get Spreadsheets and checklists so that you can manage your properties from anywhere, and I mean anywhere in the world. Done-for-you strategies so you always know what to buy next, one-to-one mentorship on a monthly basis, workshops, drop-in Q&A sessions, online learning environment, quick shifts so that you can take action fast. It's everything you need to be a successful property investor. Build a legacy which pays for your lifestyle. If you're interested, join the waiting list now so that you can get access first. The website address is www.ncrealestate.co.uk and click on the Members Club. Get on the waiting list now because I'm going to let you know first. So, what else am I doing? This is a bit of a mismatch of everything that's been going on, but sometimes it's really good to just keep you updated. Um. I've been putting out loads of blogs at the moment. Have you been over to ncrealestate.co.uk and had a look at the blogs yet? No, if you haven't, do make sure that you're going and doing it. Today, um as I'm recording this, so Thursday the 7th of February, I put out a blog about what benefits I've seen from investing in property and It's a long list of everything that I've been able to do because of my property investments, which includes starting my business. It includes being able to um, take on extra members of my team. And it struck me this morning, there was one thing that I didn't add in there, which I think you guys would probably be interested in. Being a property investor and having that secondary income has allowed me to actually be, be bold with my work. This may sound crazy, but when I was just starting out in the industry and I was relying on somebody else for my wages, I would absolutely do everything they asked me. I wouldn't question it. If there was shouting in the office or if someone was putting a huge amount of pressure on me to get something done and I didn't necessarily agree with it because they were the people that paid me, I'd kind of like struggle on through thinking, oh my gosh, what is going on? I don't really understand it. Whereas nowadays, I think back to that time, I think I really wasn't set up financially to be able to weather anything if I'd have lost my job, which was why I was so scared of everybody. I wanted to keep hold of everything. Um, And nowadays, I can be far more assertive with all of the projects that I'm working on with the people that I'm working with. I feel like I'm confident enough to be able to speak my mind because whilst i protect my clients through thick and thin i would do absolutely every anything for them i'm not worried about the cash flow behind it so much and that's a luxury that i've built over the last couple of years that is a pure luxury through having my property investments but for example when i'm working with the university that's another place where actually I'm not scared of what I say. If I if I feel very strongly or very passionately about something, I'm happy to lay that on the table without really worrying about the repercussions. Of course, I'm not rude with it. I'm not like going there and be really aggressive or someone that I'm not, but I'm not scared anymore to speak my viewpoint because you know what, I'm not worried about losing the job. I'm more worried about making sure that what I'm doing is to the best of my ability. And the fact that I feel something, I want to let people know how I'm feeling. And the fact that maybe if I feel like something is perhaps a little bit morally wrong, or doesn't quite align with my ethics, I, I feel good about speaking out. I And that's a luxury that I've built over the last couple of years. And having that secondary income stream has been something that, has allowed me that privilege. So I think if you think about that uh, for property investment, that's actually been a huge motivation for me. Thinking back, uh, what, eight years ago when I was so scared, young graduate thinking, my gosh, if I lose this, my whole world comes falling down to eight years later thinking, hmm, okay, well, I am gonna speak my mind. I'm gonna tell someone how I feel because I think it's fair to them. I think I always owe someone an open and honest conversation. And if they don't like it, then that's okay. I don't have to worry about what's going on right now. And it's, it's something that I've only realized in the last week. So, um, but I, but, some, but one of my friends said to me, Natasha, you're really bold in what you say and how you feel and what you're doing going forward. And I realized, because I, I don't have that to lose, and so that's an interesting position to be coming from. It's more a place where I'm not in control of any, everything. I'm not in control of what anybody else does, but I'm in control of myself, how I look after myself, how I fund myself. And that's a that's a real privilege and something I've grown, uh, grown into throughout my years of investing. So that's a real benefit that I didn't put in today's blog, but I should have done because I have just realized exactly what that means. Um, So I thought I'd share that with you. That's a real interesting bit of advice. Another thing that then this has got me thinking going forward is that my goals have completely changed recently. I was doing a Facebook Live and somebody said to me, Natasha, what are your goals? And it stopped me completely in my tracks. And for a long time, my goals were to build a property investment portfolio, replace my income, give myself some security, blah, 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 the same goals that everybody else has. Um, And I realized that that wasn't my goals. They weren't specific enough. My goals are completely changed. So for you all that know me, I put this out a lot. Um, I'm not after birthday presents and birthday wishes, but I'm a month away from being 30. And I realise that my 30s are probably gonna be that time in my life where I have to start thinking about changes that are probably gonna happen. Like at some point, kids are gonna come into my horizon. Um, this isn't me saying it's gonna happen like now or in the next 12, 18 months, but I'm saying that in my 30s, that's probably gonna happen. And so thinking about my five-year plan is that I actually now have to build an income stream that supports me and for a family regardless and that might might sound crazy because I have Chris who's my partner and he's got a good job but if we're going to be doing this as a team which I would hope we are that's what I'm after from a family unit then we're both going to be having to bring in the same amount of money or similar amount of money and we're both going to be having to think about actually. How much time do we put into this? So, how much backup income do we need? And of course, I've just explained to you about uh, one of the benefits of property investment is that I do have that backup income. That's lovely, but I need to now increase that so that I feel completely secure if all else doesn't go right. Because obviously, I've got multiple streams of income coming in from everywhere. But what happens if I'm really ill, if something goes wrong with uh, my pregnancy? Or what happens if I decide that actually I don't want to teach after having children, I'd like to fall back on whatever else I've got going on? What happens if I need to shut down my development firm or my property management firm? Do you know, all of these things started coming into my mind. Right now I'm busy with so many projects. But is that going to be the same in five or 10 years time? So my five year goal now is to build my property portfolio again to that stage where if I needed it to, and I'm not saying that I'm going to have to, but if I needed to, it could cover everything, absolutely everything, so that I'm in the same position I am now whilst I'm doing all of these multiple different roles. And um, I could also... um, you know, I, I can get that from my property portfolio. So thinking back to what I said at the start when I was like, okay, well, I am am actually having a look at commercial premises. That is going to be part of my strategy to get getting there over the next five years. The other thing that I'm looking at doing is leveraging my time with my businesses and outsourcing. I've gone through a good eight years, eight years, eight months of um, taking everything back in house and I strongly believe that for me to be able to outsource something, I need to be able to do it myself really professionally. And so I've learned marketing, I've learned how to make um, my online environment look really, really pretty. For those of you in the members club, you've probably, you've seen it. Um, For those of you who haven't, you're missing out because It just looks absolutely gorgeous in there with all of the materials and all of the resources. And I've put a lot of time into making sure that it looks good. At the moment, I'm doing a redesign of my website to make sure that looks good as well. And everything comes from me and I've not really delegated up until this point, but I now know how to do things and to do things well. So over the next 12 months, another part of my five-year plan is to start outsourcing more, start delegating, of course, I'm going to head everything up. It's what I do. This is my brand. This is my business, but it's about changing processes. And now's the time to put that in place. Uh, I've just, just taken on a new community manager for the members club. Now that's not me stepping back from the members club. That's allowing me to jump in and do far more one-to-ones with my members so I can open up far more time. Um, And she's going to be looking after, um, everybody on a day-to-day basis so that I can take far more calls and make sure that everybody's achieving exactly what they're trying to set out to achieve. The same as I have somebody working for me now who does all of the blogging and the free content. Again, it comes from me, but I'm not producing it. I'm, I'm not the person who's writing it up. I just give them all of the content and they put it out and make it look really pretty. This is about outsourcing the things that I'm good at. I can manage it. But I'm now not the person who sat there 12 to 16 hours a day from the time that I get up at seven o'clock in the morning to the time that I go to bed, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. I'm not the person doing everything anymore. I I am now confident in the fact that I've got the knowledge to be able to pass that on. And that's been eye-opening. It took me a long time to realize that I was at that stage and slowly but surely I'm Outsourcing it, and again, over the next five years, that's going to allow me to grow. That really is going to allow me to grow and be able to take on more things, but also keep increasing the trust um, in other people. And I guess, oh my gosh, Natasha Collins, why did you not realise this before? This is how businesses grow. <laughs> so, it this has all been realisations that have come to me over the last week. But again that's the plan over the next couple of years. It's about not just everything being me. It's about now how can I grow from where I am and make it a really like effective, efficient brand and business whilst having some of the other best minds in the business come and help me to grow that. And that's where the business is going to start becoming even more magical than it is today. So I thought I'd share that with you because it's been a little bit of a kind of re- self-realisation <laughs> that I didn't even realise I know, but there we go. That's, that's what the start of the year has brought. And I think it's a real, um, for me, it's like eye-opening. Light bulb's gone off. I now know which way I'm going. and I'm really, really, really excited about it. Okay, so just before I finish up for today's podcast, I have, as usual, a question from inside my Property Investment Mastery Facebook group. And this question is from Daryl. And he has asked, where would be the best place to look for investors, e.g. joint ventures or just how to find them? It's a really good good, good question. Um, and I think I've touched on it a little bit before in previous podcasts, but let's go over it. So joint, investor, joint venture partners and investors um, come from people that you network with. That's my experience of it. That's where I find all of my investors and my joint venture partners. And I'll be honest with you, the people that now invest in my business, my property business, and the people that I work with um, in the development business, I've known them for years. There's been a building relationship. And it's just because we got to know each other really well. For example, uh, my business partner on the development side of things, We met when I first started out as a graduate surveyor. And I was an asset manager. So I would oversee building projects. And I was introduced to his building firm by a letting agent that we both knew. And uh, she said to me, Natasha, I think you'll really like working with Sean and his team. And from there, we would do uh, developments across the portfolio that I was working on. So we would put roof uh, we would do loft conversions, we would um, do external decorations, retail fit outs, office space fit outs, um, you name it, we would work on the projects. And that was from a small little maintenance job. So just really like the handyman stuff to the big, you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds developments. And I would always be project manager because these were my clients with my with these proper properties. And he would then lead his team and we'd go in and we'd get stuff done on time. And we just built this really, really, really good relationship. And then just as I was um, leaving working in practice and about to go out on my own and see what uh, the world had for me just me trying my best to run my business he said to me do you know what Natasha at some point we should work together we've done so well over the last couple of years we're always on time with things why don't we join forces you do the project management side of things and I'll do the building side of things and so we pulled our resources and And that's been a great joint venture partnership because we already had that trust and that relationship. Then investors, well, I found investors through networking and purely just by talking to people at networking events, explaining what I do, who I am, um, and why that is so, so, uh, why what I do is so different and why they should trust me. It's not so much a sales pitch, it's more here I am, here's what I do. If you do want to get involved, get in contact with me and then people get in contact. And again, it's about just being open and honest. Look, not every investor is going to be for you. Not every person is going to be um, your ideal joint venture partner. It's about building that relationship over time. Um, Last week, if you we're listening to the podcast with Isaac. If you didn't go back through it, um, Isaac was saying about how he finds investment on LinkedIn. Again, you could do social media. For those of you in the Property Investment Mastery Facebook group, so many people in there with money who might not necessarily know where to invest or vice versa. So you might find contacts through there. The Members Club definitely is a place to find joint invent- uh, joint venture partners and investors. I've also got lenders in there as well who like to lend to members because they know that they've got the right information and the right knowledge to really do uh, developments or buy investment properties well. So that's another place you can find them it's genuinely about talking and it's genuinely about relationship building. It's about picking up the phone to someone that you think is interesting um, and asking them questions and just getting to know them. And from there, that's how you build it. Uh, And then you can start talking about your working relationship going forward. So I hope that has been helpful for you. Okay, so here we are, right at the end of the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope it's given you some things to think about. I've definitely been thinking a lot about what's been going on in my journey over the last couple of weeks and I thought I'd share that. So If it's something that you've liked, please get in contact with me um, and let me know your key takeaways. Again, you can get in contact with me by my website, www.ncrealestate.co.uk or come on over to the Property Investment Mastery Facebook group or find me on Instagram and Twitter at Natasha C. Collins. Thank you for listening and I'll catch up with you again next week.